Pastor Ray Bentley gives us a revealing glimpse at the encounter with the demon-possessed man. This host of evil spirits looked through the eyes of this man at Jesus Christ. Jesus confronted the devils and set the man free. And he's got his mind back. He's got his life back. He has been forgiven of all of his sins. Jesus has the power to undo Satan's work. And I want to ask just briefly, how about you tonight? Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. When we hear of encounters with demons in the New Testament, it can seem surreal, like a fiction novel. But if our eyes were suddenly open to the spiritual realm, we'd be amazed that those dark forces are all around us right now. Today, Pastor Ray gives us a front row seat for the drama of the spiritual realm. Luke chapter 8. Look with me in verse 26. We begin this story. It says, And then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. Verse 27, And when he stepped out on land, there met him a certain man. There it is. His whole purpose for going there. And by the way, at the end, we'll see that he leaves right after this man is delivered from the demons. When he stepped out on land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time, and he wore no clothes, he was naked, nor did he live in a house, but he lived in the tombs, which would probably have been rock caves up in the mountains. When he saw Jesus, this demon-possessed man, cried out and fell down before him and with a loud voice said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him. And he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. This is a, this is a telling story. When evil takes possession of a human being, I think that it is ironic that those who are under demonic control live filthy lives, whether it is physically or morally. Usually it's both. Demons are those who have a purpose to separate uh, from God. They certainly want to destroy the image of God in human beings. Why are demons obsessed with human beings? One of the reasons is we bear the image of God and Satan hates God. And therefore he wants to destroy the image of God in any way that he can. And demons therefore lead people into drug abuse, pornography, all kinds of immorality, obscenity, filth of their mouths, filth of mind, filth of heart, filth of soul, filth of body, filth all both inside and outside. Here's this poor man who lives in tombs. As I mentioned, they were probably rock-hewn uh, caverns full of dead men's bones. That's where they used to bury the dead. That's where he lived. And then you can imagine the floor that is carpeted with all kinds of filth and vermin. 
Obviously, as it says here in this passage, this man was tormented. That's a sign of demonic activity. And that is certainly the goal of Satan and demons for any human being's life that will give them undue attention. This torment would work itself from the inside of the man to the outside of the man. At certain times, because he is filled with filthy, demonic, fallen spirits, he would cry out, he would howl uh, like an animal. Though he was a man, he would howl like an animal, sometimes just compelled by the inner anguish going on mentally and emotionally. He would howl during the day, he would howl during the night. What was, why? Why did demon-possessed people howl like that? Because they are tormented inside by the demons who are literally ripping and tearing at your mind, your sanity, your emotions, and, and fraying you from the inside out. And when that wouldn't bring relief to howl like an animal, he would take jagged rocks and cut himself all over his body as if he were literally trying to open wounds big enough for the, these foul demons to get out of his body. But he was never able to find relief, never able to find success. He ran around naked, living in delirious state of mind, bleeding with lacerations, full of infection, all kinds of scar tissue. The demons dehumanized him, animalized him, and then had ostracized him from the rest of humanity. So uh, here's Satan wanting to destroy this poor man. He's not singing, he is howling. Anything animalizing or degrading to humans is certainly in line with Satan's plan, whether an attitude, an addiction, a habit, or any kind of mental preoccupation other than the Lord. So here's this poor man. Jesus comes to him, and the demon cries out, what have I to do with thee? Now look with me in verse 30. And as I put here into your notes for verses 30 through 36, once this man runs to Jesus and, and, and exposes that he is filled with demons, Evil calls for what? Confrontation. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Evil must always be confronted. Evil in your home, evil before your mind, evil in the workplace, Evil, wherever it may be, calls for confrontation. Verse 30, Jesus asked him, saying, what is your name? Because when you have someone's name, you have an authority, you know them, and you have something about them. And it reveals identity. And what did this man say? He said, legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now, a herd of many swine, pigs, was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them. And, ironically, he, Jesus, permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered into the pigs, or the swine, and then the herd ran violently down the steep place and into the lake, and all drowned. And when those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country, and then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. 
And they were afraid. They also who had seen it told them by what means he who had been demon-possessed was healed. Wow, what a story. What is your name? My name is Legion. (laughs) His head's spinning around, green stuff's coming out, the whole nine yards. I always wanted to do that. Now, legion, when, when, the, you know, when it said legion, it was not one demon. Legion was the name of this demonic horde inside this mountain. Now, we don't know exactly how many that represents, but I did put into your notes a Roman legion, which obviously the demonic world was aware of, consisted of 6,000 foot soldiers. You say, are you telling me this guy had 6,000 demons in him? No, I'm not exactly saying that necessarily. But what I am saying is that in the spirit realm, it's not like our natural world realm. It, what it does speak of is a vast horde, great numbers, organization, relentless strength. Whatever and however many, even if it was up to 6,000 somehow demonic spirits inside this guy or somehow coming in and out of him at will whenever they wanted to, that they had permission and power and tormenting this poor guy, this guy was, he was toast. He, had, he was no match. Now, I do not only believe in the demonic, but there have been on some occasions where I've seen it. And yes, there are exaggerations. Yes, there are fake things. Yes, there can be psychotic episodes and people with other mental illnesses. All I can tell you is that I have also, and I've seen some of that and dealt with all kinds of different people and problems and issues and scars and abuse and, you know, splitting their minds and souls and personalities and all the rest. But I can also tell you that I have on several occasions spiritually come into the presence of someone who was on several occasions demon-possessed. It is in another entire league. And I pray to God that you never have to deal with it, see it, or experience it. But I also will tell you this. I have also personally seen the power and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. Happened to me when I was just, I was like 18, when I first was up in Costa Mesa in the house ministry, and there was this, one of the, you know, we were in a house, and one of the sisters, her brother, who had long been on drugs, and uh, he had invited men, filthy demons through drugs and the occult, and he had he'd begged them to come, and man, they came. And, uh, you know, I won't go into the whole story except to say that the demons responded to the name of Jesus Christ, and in the name of Jesus, they were cast out. He has all power and all authority. It's not that we are working toward victory. It's done. You bring up Jesus' name, it is finished, Jesus said from the cross. We already have the victory. We're not working for it. They have to bow and submit. They're not afraid of you, trust me, or me, when I was there standing scared and shaking like a leaf at 19, because I'd never experienced it before in that way. And, uh, but I saw the power and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Pastor Ray's messages continue to reach so many people every day and we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the country. 
I've listened to Pastor Ray teach about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, along with many stories from the Bible. I always appreciated how he taught from the Word of God and made it relatable and engaging. I'm glad that his ministry continues. To Pastor Ray's family, lots of love and hugs, and God bless always. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings have touched so many lives. If you have a message to share, you can email us, ray at raybentley.com, or post a comment on our homepage, www.raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Here's what's amazing. This host of evil spirits looked through the eyes of this man at Jesus Christ. Jesus confronted the devils and set the man free. Now, what does he do? Now, Jesus has gone to the other side of the lake. On this one side where Jesus had spent most of his time, most of his miracles, and most of his ministry among the Jewish people, and the synagogue is there, and the Jewish fishermen, and the communal life, and so forth. He has now gone to the other side, where mostly Gentiles were, but there were also some Jews there, called the Decapolis, which is the Greek for the ten cities. People always say, well, why did Jesus, you know, they're asking for, to go into pigs, and why, why do that? And why did Jesus say yes? Many commentators uh, believe that these in this little community right along the shores where Jesus went directly to only for this one man was that this man was part of a Jewish culture that had forsaken God, you know, physically gone, to, as it were, to the other side of the lake, but had also left God and left the law of God and the ways of God. And as you know, for Jewish people, pigs are unclean. Uh, from pigs come pork. Pork, to a Jewish person in the law, is unclean. I think it's interesting that even our Congress calls when they throw all kinds of stuff that shouldn't be onto a bill, it's called pork. And the root of that word means it's unclean. It has something wrong with it or, or it's tainted in some way with ill gain or, or you know, gluttony or, or uh, desiring things, covetousness and all the rest of it. So here was probably a Jewish community raising pigs, which meant they weren't seeking God, they weren't praying, they weren't reading the law, and they were making money off selling pork to the Gentiles who didn't have the word and didn't have the law, and they're making money in it. So Jesus then allowing the demonic spirits to go into the pigs who are owned and raised by the, this Jewish community that is forsaking God as a sign of judgment in order for them to repent and come back unto himself. Jesus had the power to release this man. He was sitting instead of running around. He was clothed instead of naked. And best of all, he's in his right mind. You have a mental picture here? Guys that had the scars and the wounds and crazy, insane, naked, tormented, screaming, howling, cutting himself, get these things out of me is sitting there for the first time in who knows how long, and he's got his mind back, he's got his personality back, he's got his life back, he has forgiveness, he's just been touched by the Messiah, God in the flesh, he has been forgiven of all of his sins, 
And now this guy is like, I want to go with you, Jesus. How many would want to go with Jesus if you just got delivered like that? I'm going with you, Jesus. I want to be with you. Jesus has the power to undo Satan's work. And I want to ask just briefly, how about you tonight? Just between you and God. Are there filthy habits in your life? Maybe a filthy mouth, a filthy tongue, filthy mind, things that you think about. Or perhaps you have given yourself to a dishonesty. It started when you were little and you kind of lied and you kind of deceived and it's always been your kind of your last resort but safe place where you could, you know, kind of fib and, and, and change things and you lie and, and it just grows within you and you didn't realize because you go to church and all the rest and you seem like everything's okay but there is this little stringy weed thing of demonic that is grown inside of you and you lie at work when you need to, you lie at home when you need to, you're a liar. The Bible says in Revelation, no liars will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Are you willing to be delivered of a lying tongue tonight? Or maybe there is a sexual scar somewhere in your life, whether heterosexual or homosexual. God can forgive you, God can heal you, God can deliver you, God can give you a right mind, God can give you holy desires. You may feel that I'm beyond hope, I feel disfigured, I can't help it, I am this way, I was born this way. No, you can be born again. You can be an entirely new, brand new creation. And here's how you know, because if you're tormented, it doesn't matter how much, you know, well, I can't help it. If you are tormented by it, you have been deceived by the ways of death. That's why if you're tormented, you're following the paths of death. But life brings joy. Life, the ways of God bring healing. They, they bring wholeness. They bring clarity. They bring joy. They bring life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus can heal you and he can set you free tonight. Well, let's close with verses 37 through 39, this story. It says, then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gadarenes asked Jesus to stay for the rest of their lives. Is that what it says? No. They asked Jesus to depart from them. For they were seized with great, what? Fear. And he got into the boat and returned. Okay, I'm a little bit confused here. Here's this guy going around, you know, going, ah, I'm legion, and running around naked, and they're trying to chain him up. I mean, don't you think that in that community, you told the kids, beware of the naked guy running around, screaming, head spinning around, stuff. And now this guy's delivered. Why wouldn't they want him to be there? They're afraid of what? What are they really afraid of? Are they afraid really of Jesus' power to deliver a man who is insane and give him his right mind, sitting, clothed, and now they don't have to be afraid and their kids can walk the streets? What are they really afraid of? It wasn't the miracle. It wasn't the delivering of this man. But I believe that it may be the pig business. He just killed that guy's business. 2,000 pigs run down and die. Well, there's all these other Jews who haven't been following God or the law in a long time, and they all have pig farms too. 
And they go, man, his business just died and went belly up. I don't want that to happen to me. You better go, go over there. It affected their economy. Isn't that sad? There are people that would say, Jesus, depart from me. You might mess up my life or my lifestyle or my ways of making a living or my economy or whatever. How sad and how tragic. But, verses 38 and 39, we, we end on a good note. It says, now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. You know, I see this man clinging to Jesus. Oh man, he, he is out of his mind with joy and with happiness. I'm gonna cling to you, I'm gonna be with you. I don't care what it takes or where you go. I wanna be with Jesus the rest of my life. I could understand that. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your own house. Tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. That was a very short discipleship time. Would you agree? <laughs> Go back to your people and to your family. Tell them the great things I've done. You know what I think happened to that guy? I think he became maybe the only practicing Jew on that side of the Sea of Galilee. And, and maybe went to if there was a little remnant and started actually going you know, to the synagogue and reading the word and sharing his faith and talking about God and walking outside now and singing the Psalms of David, the great shepherd of Israel. And sharing, Do you, did you see what God did? You knew what I was like. Look, my wounds have healed. You don't have to be afraid of me anymore. Believe in Jesus. One day, and I believe, that Jesus, by keeping that man there, knew that there were some who couldn't, it was overwhelming, they couldn't handle it right then. But as that man continued to walk with Jesus and live for Jesus and sing of Jesus and testify of Jesus, Jesus knew that in time they would come up to him and say, what so tell me about this and, and what is it like now that you're actually following the word of God and you're reading the scriptures and you're praying and your life seems so full of joy. You're the opposite of what you used to be. You were tormented and now it's like heaven has come inside of you. I believe that there are many that saw this man, watched this man for a period of time and then came to the conclusion, you know what, forget doing my own thing. I want life. This man has life and they embraced it. And one day we're gonna to get to heaven and we're not only gonna meet that man, but it says a great many on that side of the shores of the Sea of Galilee became believers and came into the kingdom of God. Maybe tonight you think, oh, I've gotta go here, I've gotta go there. Maybe the Lord is saying, I got you right where I want you. Be a light here, be a testimony here, live for me here. I'm going to use you. People are watching you and they're wondering, is there life? And there is life in Jesus. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley with great insight on the joy of living for the Lord. Insights from our studies in the Gospel of Luke here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled Getting Rid of the Devil. 
If you missed any part of the presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his new book called The Final Witness, an eye-opening prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full five-book series called The Elijah Chronicles. You can, too. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.